DJ Simulationistas. So, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Hey, it's Brad Morrison and Janice. I'm really uh, delighted to be back with you again on the podcast here. So this is going to be fun. we got a great topic today. Yes, we do. So with us, we have a special group from our advanced course at the um, Center for Medical Simulation. It's and been a great week. It has been a yep, great week. Yep, it's the last day, so we're all looking forward to the glide slope today. <laughs> so we've asked one group to join us, and I wonder if you can all introduce yourselves, and then um, I'll kind of throw out there why I've chosen you guys to interview. Hello everyone, my name is Christian Balmer and I'm a Swiss anesthesiologist. I'm doing a fellowship here at CMS and taking the course with my friends here. And I'm Benjamin Schultz. I am an assistant uh, professor of nursing and a flight nurse uh, in the Air Force. Mm Hi, my name is Katherine Chang. I'm a neonatologist. I'm I'm an assistant professor um, at Wild Cornell Medicine. I'm Derek Munnett. I'm an emergency physician and education fellow at Massachusetts General Hospital with a focus on simulation and teams. Awesome. Cool Actually, group, yeah. I'm so glad we ended with you, Derek, yeah. because that's exactly what I want to talk about. <clears throat> Thank you for allowing us to interview you because I think we had a really great conversation around teams. And I walk into your room, and this is what I hear. Oh, we're the fun group, we're a great group, and I can see it. As soon as I walked in, I could palpate the magic in this group, and I'm being an interprofessional, passionate Educator, passionate, passionate person, researcher, groupie. You could go with interprofessional yeah. geek, that's okay. You're more than an yeah. officiant. Yeah. Yeah. You're actually a goo- you're a guru in the field. Yeah. And so I think what would be really cool for our listeners is to hear how you formed as a team, because you didn't know each other before coming. Yeah. And how were you able to create this special sauce? Because right, it's only been four days, right? And so it's pretty amazing. It's only four days. And I think for us as educators teaching this course, when you're when you enter a room with that much magic and wonderful, like just great tone, it makes us better educators. I totally agree. And we just kind of all feed off each other and we all just the learning just yeah. exponentially yeah. increases. So I would love to hear from all of you what you think led to this. Yeah, go ahead, guys. We're all looking at each other like, who's first? Well, I think that's um, what you're missing on the podcast and missing in the room is we all just looked at each other so cordially inviting each other to go first. And I don't know, that's unfortunately lost through this medium, but there was a sense of shared respect for each other right from the beginning. And I think part of that comes with a shared focus of why we're here. We're each at this course to improve individually. And on the first day, we spoke a little bit about what our own challenges are back home with regard to simulation and debriefing. I'm not sure what prompted the conversation, but just exposing our own vulnerabilities and worries on the first day made us all feel like we're at the same playing field. So you're saying that you all naturally expressed your own vulnerabilities and challenges, or was it structured in a way 
that the activities allowed some of that. Well, I believe you guys created a wonderful environment and we really felt safe to explain what we were feeling. So that was very helpful for us to do that and that creates balance and trust. And then we had a few days to increase the trust between each other and that's probably one of the reasons. So a safety container, that's what we learn during this course, is very important to allow this to happen. Yeah, and I mean, piggybacking off of these two concepts, I think the idea of psychological safety and especially a vulnerability within the simulation space, within the education space, quite honestly, within the clinical space is so important. I think the fact that we were able to very quickly bear our souls to each other about, you know, these are the things I'm really struggling with. And I think, you know, really helped us build that rapport. In addition to that, I think we all kind of came at it with, you know, this kind of admission that we were all a little bit hesitant and nervous about bearing, you know, we're all supposed to be some educators in our institutions and kind of putting ourselves out there and showing that we're actually not not as good as some people may think or we may think or something like that. And having that vulnerability up front, I think, really gelled us very quickly. It's so interesting to hear this how this, this positive impact of vulnerability or expressing and exposing vulnerability, because I think it, it, it certainly seems like there's a lot of situations in healthcare where you're kind of forced to act exactly the opposite way. Yes. You know? So that is, I mean, that's actually my question is, yeah. there are groups though, when they walk in and, you know, at least one or maybe half the group is not vulnerable, how, what do you think, like what happened between all of you that allowed everyone to be vulnerable? Was it one person and stories? I mean, was it? I think we're just all real with each other. And maybe I had a dirty joke because I probably did. I mean, you had a dirty picture. That was you, not me. <laughs> That's on the podcast. No dirty pictures here. Um, ben okay. just used humor on the first day and a little bit of. A little bit of self-deprecation, not in a, ooh, that sad way, just in a, ooh, oh, we worry about that in our own individual context, too. And it just normalized our concerns, and I think it came out through humor. And then from there, that's not the gel that keeps it together, but it might be one of the moments that sort of lowered the threshold for us to just be our very honest selves with each other. Well, I think one of the additional things that really helped us gel together was the fact that we're all coming from a background of specialties involved in critical care, kind of urgent situ- type oh. situations. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we're used to high acuity patients, and that has some overlap, and there's some overlap in our personalities, but all of our specialties deal with a lot of clinical uncertainty, and I think one of the common denominators across this group is we're uncomfortable not knowing the answer. We weren't always that way, but I think all of us got that way slowly over time through our careers, and our specialties really demand that of us. So I think that might be one reason why there might have been some maybe special ingredient when we first started the course together on Tuesday. So I want to understand that a little bit more. Uncomfortable not knowing the answer sounds like a problem if you're facing uncertainty. Well, to go back to the example of when we were all in a room together trying to plan that scenario, we ended up using a very, very niche, nuanced scenario that involved an emergency on a plane. Uh-huh. Only one of us has experience with that, but all the other three of us were still fairly comfortable with the idea that we would use that case because, all right, we'll make it work. Let's have fun. Oh, that's a good example. And I don't know that we would finish on let's have fun if we were so bogged down in the detail of not knowing all these specific uh-huh. answers about emergencies so on a plane. interesting, because that sounds even more than uncertainty. It's also um, willingness 
to be led and do something new. Yeah. It's right? almost like a courage that comes from, um, from being able to sort of go forward even though you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And so I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. In your acute care specialties, you are so often in a situation where uh, the, the next few moments are uh, full of surprises. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are often life and death situations in what we're facing and that there is a lot of uncertainty in, in what can happen and, and a lot of unpredictability. And I think it's the it's not the discomfort, it's the comfort in that uncertainty. Uh -huh. the, being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, mm -hmm. um, I think, is, is what we're trying to say yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. it's really that's awesome. totally so awesome. interesting. Yeah, that's fabulous. Yeah. So uh, the reason I think this is interesting is I feel like Maybe, I mean, humor, yes, definitely. I also think you allowed this window, like you opened a door into just being human and cut through the professional curtain, if you will. Uh -huh. it, you just kind of showed who you really were and then that opened the door for everyone else. How do we do that for other teams? It's hmm. a great question. <laughs> I. I mean, I think we removed our titles from it too, right? Because in medicine, you get so hierarchical and you do this, you're an anesthesiologist or you're a surgeon or you do this. We were all here and like Kat said, raw to the fact that none of us believe that we're experts at education in terms of simulation. And so we just went with it. We just let it be. I think we're all comfortable with that. Yeah, and, and I think that, I think one of the things that Christian highlighted this course is so great about was we start with the basic assumption, right? We start with the, the idea that everybody is here because they want to do their best, they want the best for themselves, for their patients, for their learners. Um, and I, I think really having that as like a core concept of our group um, really helps op like open that window, so uh -huh. to speak. Uh -huh. Did you do anything to uh, explicitly identify that as a core concept for your group, or did it just sort of... Like, you yeah. come to some sort of shared understanding. I Like, how did that happen? I think yeah. we all have the same yeah. uh, ideas about how we should work together. And maybe the course is selecting or pre-selecting those kinds of people because you know that in this course you have to put yourself in danger to learn, which is not really comfortable. But yet, at the end of the week, it feels so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's probably something that allowed this magic to happen. One, one thing I think it'd be remiss, though, if we didn't mention, and Brad, you were in the room with us when we first tried to script mm -hmm. our simulation yes. scenario. We work well together now, and there's a little bit more humor, but on that first day, you might remember, we didn't exactly finish on time. Yeah. We took the longest of all the groups to come up with a scenario. Uh -huh. We all had fairly strong ideas of what we should do with the case. Yeah, yeah. Different they, ideas. They were yeah. strong and different. Uh -huh. They did not align. Yeah. Yet, for some reason, after that session, we then started to work really well together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Which so makes this all the more amazing, right? That it right. wasn't like it was the perfectly matched group of people that came together. It's something that you co-created after you were put in a room together. Well, put in a room together where you felt strongly in different directions. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, we had some a little bit of disagreement about how us, our scenario should end, specifically around um, psychological safety and having the, the mannequin or patient potentially 
die at the end of the case, quite frankly. Uh-huh. And we didn't all see eye to eye, but I think we were comfortable with us, with each of us having different opinions yeah. and could be respectful yeah. about it. You know, that's sort of interesting because the potential for that to be so emotionally charged was uh, uh, an opportunity in a way for you to start sharing some of your values and your thinking and you know it almost started giving you a little window into each other mm. in some ways that maybe I don't think I appreciated until you just said it you know, right now. And did anything, because I was not in that room, I would love to hear what you think added to, like was it the process of resolution that added to the team forming even stronger bonds? Hmm. This is a great question. I think it was just the <clears throat> the process was respectful. While we all had our opinions and kind of our ideas, we just laid it out there, and we all like any idea. We gave both goods and you know the positives and negatives to it, right? And then we kind of circle back and circle back, and just we had to academically get through it from all of our perspectives. I think. And because of our divergent uh, experiences, like we all have obviously different uh, students who we teach to and different scenarios that are important to us, obviously, you know, you know, depending on where you teach and work. So I think once we got around that and focused on the educational objectives, we all kind of felt good. And then I think the exercise we did end up doing was different for most everyone in here. They had never done that type of a scenario mm-hmm. before. And I think they, we had fun with it then, I think. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm loving this, and thank you again for um, talking with us, is because many times you kind of know when you're, let's say you're a project manager, you kind of know where it's going to end up, where that project's going to end up, and you don't initially want to introduce it to more people because you know you're going to get different perspectives and still have the same outcome, which has happened to me, and over the years I've learned to respect the process of getting, even if you get to the same outcome, is important to the team building. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to go through that to create strong teams. That's like so important. So, yeah. thank you very much. And um, anything you want to add, Brad, before we... Well, if we have time for another question, I'm kind of curious. I don't know if this will go anywhere, but four of you are going to go your separate ways pretty soon back to your home institutions and so on. I'm wondering if you were going to try to create this sort of same kind of a team environment or, uh, you know, with a group of colleagues, what would be your first step? I think I would try to find something that creates tension. Interesting. To align people around a, a same objective and see how people react to that tension. Uh-huh. And that will select the people that want to get together. That might be one of the parts that is responsible for creating a team. Kind of like what you were talking about in that scenario building exercise. Yeah, and what happened in that room is that in that room we had a bit of tension that was created Mm -hmm. there, but we transformed that tension to make it to create something positive out of it, and that is the fuel that we need to build a team probably. So let's find something. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Very cool. A very wise uh, mentor of mine kind of explained it this way. He said, you need to have tension. You need to have one framework and another framework and they need to sometimes pull each other and you have to be in the middle and that's where you make the music because you go across the strings and so you have to try to be that way we're going to call this podcast how to make the music (laughs) all right thank you i think that's what's up that's up okay good working with you janice thanks everybody for joining us thank you thank you 
DJ Simulationistas. Sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.